0: I think of it as this alchemy network i think it was like a golden platform yep. once you have that anything else you want to do becomes easier you want to rebrand you want to start a podcast if you want to uh, publish a book you want to more speaking opportunities anything that you want to do is a lot easier when you own your own network you're
1: listening to the ecom exits podcast with your host nate ginsberg Learn the best tips and tactics to improve profits, cash flow, and maximize your e-commerce business value on the way to a successful exit. Welcome to the show. All right. Hello, podcast listeners. I am joined today by my friend Dove Gordon, CEO of profitable Relationships.com, also organizer of the JVMM Network, which I am, as of a couple months ago, a happy member of, which we can talk about more of what that is, but super nice guy, very well-connected and has this amazing talent and ability of profitable relationships and kind of taking his natural talents with people and relationships and also, you know, leveraging that for business. And so excited to dive into all of that. And uh, without further ado, I'll uh, turn it over and uh, Mr. Dove. So please share with us who is Dove
0: Gordon? Who is Dove Gordon? First of all, thanks for having me, Nate. Who is Dove Gordon? Dove Gordon is just some ordinary guy who has developed some valuable skills over the years, found that you can have some valuable skills and you wake up in the morning and you think, well, I want to make some money with my valuable skills. I want to get some clients who are going to appreciate me and appreciate what I can do for them and hire me. And, and then he went out and discovered that you can be really good at what you do and still fail to get other people to appreciate it, fail to get people to recognize it, fail to get them to see that it's in their best interest to pay you well for your help and advice and guidance, because they'll end up way better off than beforehand and discovered that it's a lot harder than it he originally thought. So that's who I am. And then over the years, really kind of found my path found my way forward with that and because i know that there are so many people like me in a similar situation who are really good at what they do but they find that let's say maybe they were in the corporate world and they became a, a corporate refugee as i i think of them and they discovered that They figured, well, I can get out of this, a uh, lot of the politics, out of the limitations, the artificial restrictions that I have in the corporate world. I'll do my thing. And I'm really good. I did really well inside the corporate world. I want, I want to be free. So when they discover it's a lot harder than, than they realize it's a different skill set and different systems and abilities and disciplines. And I realized that I I just have, you know, I've suffered through this on my own, pushed through it for many years until I learned some lessons. And I seem to have the ability of suffering through things and then distilling it down to simple key uh, insights and approaches that save other people from a lot of uh, frustration, anguish, years of spinning your wheels. So- sure.
1: Amazing. And I know you will learn some lessons. And as a lot of the best lessons come, some of them come the hard way. And so yeah, maybe take us back. Like, how did you get started on, on your path? Or like to, I mean, we'll we'll get later into what you're doing now. But yeah, how, how'd you get started into into any of this?
0: you know i was always interested in certain aspects of business yeah i, I was probably 13 years old when i discovered the business and self help sections in the local library i think the first book that i read was million dollar habits by robert j ringer don't know if you came across that it was definitely worth reading quite the character he's he's still around and let's see i mean he had these drawings of where he depicted himself as the tortoise in his book there's he had some number 1 new york times best selling books like winning through intimidation which uh, I think was criticized for that title because it was misunderstood. I think he was eventually intimidated and released it with a different title or, but I forget what the new title was. Anyway, so I I was reading about all different aspects of business. I kind of fell into an MLM in my teen years, 16 or so, I think I had my experience selling Excel telecommunications to neighbors and relatives came to understand that that's not really a business. When you have no control over the products and the pricing and the delivery and the customer service, you're, it's not really a business. Not to mention that what you're really doing is just growing the network over there of more people. So I'm not really a fan of MLM, although I, I you know, it has its place. Everything does. And, you know, as I got into my early twenties, I heard about this thing called business coaching. And even though I hadn't really run a business and I know that's going to be, you know, that's of course something people can laugh at and so on and snicker at, I realized I had what to offer. I just needed frameworks and, you know, I, I joined certain courses. I, I signed up with different mentors. I remember a mentor telling me something that really stood out. He said, Dove, you have a lot of talent. What you need is skills and processes. And it was just like a wallop over the head because sometimes or all really often like we can sense that something is true. We can sense that something's missing or something's there. We're not quite seeing it, not quite grasping it. And that's where I was. I, I sensed that I had a lot to offer, but I didn't quite, you know, it was just like raw, raw potential, raw energy with no direction. But I didn't realize until he said that. And, and I thought, well, what's a skill? I mean, I, you know, skill would be like playing piano carpentry. I didn't understand what a skill would be in terms of, you know, business consulting or coaching or strategy or whatever. So over the over the next few years I I, I really came to understand that at a much deeper level. You know, there's skills in decision making, there's skills in planning, there's skills in, in problem solving and many, many more. Skills in how you, you know, in copywriting and how you articulate an idea and influence. And then there are systems, you know, processes. You, you take, you know, you got to work backwards from what you're trying to accomplish. there's skills in thinking. I, I, I don't remember who said this, but most people are not thinking or just have a collection of thoughts crashing together in their heads. So I spent quite a number of my first seven or so years really pushing boulders uphill and then watching them roll back down, meaning I had just enough success to stay in the game. And, but really learned a lot. And as things started to change, because I'd learned all the various things I'd learned, I started to realize that there is a whole world out there of people who uh, were similar, you know, on a similar journey, just a number of years behind me. And they needed somebody to come and say, hey, just just stop, or you're on the path to frustration. And I'll, I'll distill it like this. I, I really came to realize that there are two paths to thrive and succeed as a consultant, expert, professional service firm owner, or really marketing anything where there's a, a strong relationship and educational component. And that is the path of the charismatic guru versus the path of mastery. And so many of us, we end up on what I think of as the path of the charismatic guru, because that's who's out there. That's who's most visible. But it's not a fit for our personalities. There's nothing wrong with that path you know, it, it's perfectly fine for the, you know, maybe five, 10 or 15% of people who are a natural fit for that. But for the other 85, 90%, you know, it's like we're, we're trudging, trying to trudge forward with a bungee cord strapped to our back. There's only so far you're going to go because that unique personality that is such an asset to the people we're trying to model is the one thing that they can't teach us. And I've come to discover that there is this path of mastery. Whereas if, if you develop a mastery of some fundamentals, understanding why people buy, why people don't buy, how to develop the most simple possible systems and disciplines and processes. Get really clear about what you want, which is probably a very, you know, the simplest question to ask and one of the hardest for most people to answer. So what do you what do you really want? It's not an easy question for most people to answer. And when you kind of when you master the fundamentals, that's when you kind of get to what, I, what I've what i heard described as simplicity on the far side of complexity. You know, the hardest thing is simplicity, not oversimplifying things. We oversimplify things all the time. Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. said that, well, he said, hey, I wouldn't give a fig for simplicity on this side of complexity, but I'd give my right hand for simplicity on the far side of complexity. That's where I got it from. And to me, that that jumped out. You know, Steve Jobs talked about simplicity, right? He's well known for cutting out all these different product lines when he came back to Apple. Everybody was up in arms. How could you do that? And he realized we've got to focus on just this, you know, these two product lines or these four, I think it was four, like two versions of each, personal and business for the computer. And I forget what it was. And that's, that is a genius all on its own. So I realized that the rest of us, we need to simplify and to systematize. When we can do that, we have our own unique advantage, our own way of getting where we wanna go. And over the years, I've just really def- refined this idea of becoming what I think of as an under the radar leader in your industry and using that as a way of creating a consistent flow of ideal clients. You don't have to be the most famous, the most well-known, having you know all the best, best-selling books and all that, but if you are well-connected with 20, 30, 50, 100, maybe 150 people well-placed across your industry, whether it's both colleagues or ideal clients or recommenders, depending on who you're selling to, that really can ensure. And then if you work that properly, you're smart about it and systematic about it. And you have an understanding of how that works and why it works. You can have all the clients you want for the rest of your life. So,
1: Okay. So I want to dive in a little bit more there on yeah this concept of under the radar leadership. And I think you said a a lot of really interesting things there. And then I think it's it's true. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge believer that like, we all should pursue business and role for ourselves that's as natural and consistent with you know who we are naturally. Like not trying to, if you're more of a you know behind the scenes person, don't model after a the extroverted, gregarious you know kind of uh, leader. I mean, you could. It's just going to be like square peg in a round hole. And, and so, yeah, you want to talk more about this idea of becoming an under the radar leader in your industry? So, ha. How does one do that?
0: So I realized that those who have that strong outgoing personality have an unfair advantage. I, I remember a number of years ago, a, uh, a friend was talking about how he had, he was running this uh, big conference, oh, I mean, big, it still, it was, I think it was, a, they were expecting a few hundred people over several days and he had a number of speakers lined up. And you know, I did some rough math. I figured like, wow, you're spending a, like a lot of money probably a few hundred thousand dollars just on speakers. Is that right? He said, no, actually, I'm not spending anything on speakers. They're all friends are coming to talk for free and i thought wow that guy has an unfair advantage if somebody else wants to do the same thing they're starting off several hundred thousand dollars behind and and then i realized you know that i'd been kind of naive well everybody needs a so-called unfair advantage because there's no such thing as everybody starting at the same place or having the same exact situation that we're all playing by the same rules. I mean, everybody's got an unfair advantage. It could be your unfair advantage is created by waking up at five o'clock in the morning and putting in a few hours of exercise and practice and so on before everybody else. But we need to create it. And I, I realized that I was actually building my own unfair advantage, although I hadn't thought about it until a few years into it. And, you know, when I shifted my focus from larger companies to smaller businesses and, and entrepreneurs, consultants, experts, professional service firms, I, you know, I I decided I wanted to reach those people through joint venture teleconferences, not, I mean, teleseminars at the time. And now it'll be more webinar or other things. I don't do that many webinars. So, and so I, I went looking for where do I find the community of the people that I would want as partners, as collaborators, people that I would be comfortable promoting to my email subscribers, because at the time, I don't know if you recall, but what was very common then was to talk about your email list as your personal ATM machine, right? You want to buy a new car, a new house, just hit your list really hard, sell, 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 and then subscribe. That's too bad. You know, they, you know, they can buy my stuff or, or get lost. And I never really connected with that mindset at all. I was looking for people who take a long-term perspective, both to their joint venture partners, as well as their email subscribers. Because as I thought about it, is every email subscriber, there's a human being behind there. And they signed up because there's a certain dream that they have. There's something that they want. They aspire to, and they're facing frustration along the way. They're 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 stuck, or they're, there's something missing, and they're not. They probably don't know what. I'm not going to see them as my personal ATM machine. So I, I joined several different online online communities, and I didn't quite find what I was looking for. Although I did notice how each one was rather unique, and that plays into, the, into my the system later on. So I started my own. I reached out to about a handful of people that I'd met online. In various different courses or wherever I'd been. And I started my own, what I creatively titled the joint venture marketing mastermind or JVMM. It's going back probably about ten years, uh, roughly. I don't remember exactly. And over the time it grew to to a couple of hundred people, including many people who when I was getting started, I would have thought of them as beyond like way out of reach. Like what 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 would I ever have to offer these people? Like they're so successful is beyond, you know, but now they're members in the network and they're colleagues. And that's really been a boon on many levels. So what happened though, is that over the last 10 years or so, almost all of my business has come through the relationships that I built in that network where I would promote some people and some people would promote me and, you know, revisit and so on. Because the, the basic idea is that there are more people in my email list who will never buy from me, but they might be looking for Nate Ginsburg. They might be looking for, you know, whoever. And that's true for your audience and everybody's audience. They're always people looking, but they may not be looking for me, or they might be happy to buy something from me and from you, or buy nothing from any of us and just benefit from the free, free stuff, which is totally fine too. So that's the approach. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I, I started to think, well, I've been doing this. Is there something here? Like, Should I start teaching people how to do this? And I fell rapidly into what I believe is called the, the, the expert's curse or the curse of the expert. Whereas you figure that, hey, if what's easy and obvious to me must be easy and obvious to everybody else, and since I had managed to do this without too much difficulty, although I certainly had ups and downs and learned some lessons over the years, and developed more, in retrospect, I realized I developed more systems and processes that that than I'd realized at the time, and that's what I'm helping other people with now. So you know, I kind of rejected it, but then I I was talking to a client who he was trying to reach you know, a CEO, general manager of half a billion dollar, billion dollar plus uh, manufacturers. And I said like, you know, you really should start a network like I did. Like, And I kind of described the Alchemy Network that I did. And I said, although instead of colleagues, you should fill your network with potential clients or recommenders. Because it's very, in his sense, he we settled on recommenders. So he now has a an Alchemy Network comprised of R&D directors of those companies. So they're really just a step removed from the, the ultimate decision makers, but they're able to make smaller budget decisions. And he's helping these businesses with their innovation, their new product development processes, which always end up costing more and taking longer than they anticipate. And that's his expertise. He's really good at that. So by getting his foot in the door with uh, the R&D directors and he can help them solve some <coughs> local problems, then they're in a position to bring him in for... Problems that that transcend or go across, span three, four, five different departments, where the you know the, the senior decision makers, the uh, CEO or whoever, is going to have to be involved in making what for him is a two hundred thousand dollars to low seven figure consulting buy. So, and then with that, we realized that this is doable. And then since then, I've slowly been starting to help other clients start their own alchemy networks, and either the members will be colleagues like the JVMM or the uh, recommenders like the client I talk about, or your ideal clients. And you know, about a year ago, I started a second network called the Under the Radar Leaders Network, which is for consultants and professional service firm owners who are following this type of approach to leverage relationships in order to create a consistent flow of ideal clients. But when you're selling something of high value, a lot of the business is coming from referral and just relationship. maybe maybe they heard you speak even if it's virtual you know so much is virtual now. Maybe they heard you speak at a conference or uh, wherever and then they want to meet for coffee or lunch or they have a meeting with you uh, online and and they're not ready to buy right now right There's a need to maintain that relationship over the next uh, over the, the coming months. It could be they said, hey Nate, I love what you're talking about. It makes a lot of sense for us, but we're just so swamped right now. Get back to me in six months. I really think we'll be ready then. And, you know, you're not a slacker, so you get back to them in five months and they say, oh, Nate, I'm so sorry. I wish you'd gotten back to me last month because we just started working with your competitor, right? Anybody who's sold anything has had that experience, right? So what could you have done? Well, I mean, you could add them to your email list and maybe you did. And I think that's a great thing to do because there's there's some kind of communication. The problem is that it's one way. It's from you to them. And they may not even be opening it. And if they're opening it, maybe they're not reading it. So you don't really know what's getting across. What else could you do? You could send them stuff. You can send them a book. Hey, I was thinking about you. Or you could send them articles. You could send them whatever, little gifts. But often that feels awkward and forced. Right, and even then, you're not really there. Isn't isn't really a two-way dialogue? But what if instead you said, "Hey, I get it. Six months makes a lot of sense based on everything you told me. I do lead a network of people just like you, and they're on the path. Some of them are a little ahead of you, some of them are a little behind you in various different ways, but they're all on the same path, dealing with similar issues. And it's one or two thousand dollars for a whole for an annual membership. And here's what's what it's about. And it's curated. I don't allow everybody in. I think you should do that. Why don't you do that in the meantime? Because even if you get one good introduction, one good relationship, one, you know, one of your questions answered, it'll be well worth it for you. Why don't you do that? And many of them will say, Yeah, that sounds good. And I'm not talking about a Facebook group, I'm not talking about a LinkedIn group. I'm talking about something that's a little bit different. And now, four weeks from now, six weeks from now, you could say, Hey Bob, let's get on a quick 10 minute call so I hear what's what's going on in your world. So I can direct the conversations in the network in a way that's valuable for you and everybody else. And now you have a two-way conversation going. And it's not just a potential client. Now they've spent, even though they've spent a modest amount with you, it's a different relationship. They spent something with you. That's what we're talking about in terms of becoming an under the radar leader in your industry. Now you create a network of 30 of those people, 50, 100, 150, well-placed. It could take a couple of years to get there and probably should because you don't want to grow too fast. You, You lose control of the culture. This is not again like stock, you know, throwing a bunch of people into into a Facebook group. That's not what this is at all. So same thing with referrals, right? If you want to get quality introductions, quality referrals, there are certain little systems or processes that we develop in order to make that make it easy for your members to consistently send you quality introductions. So I think of it as this alchemy network. I think it's like a golden platform. Once you have that. Anything else you want to do becomes easier. You want to rebrand? You want to start a podcast? It fits beautifully with podcasting, by the way. You want to uh, publish a book? You want more speaking opportunities? Anything that you want to do is a lot easier when you own your own network.
1: Yes. Well... A lot of things I want to unpack or get on that you touched on. Well, one of the things that you said uh, a little bit ago that I just wanted to echo because it's something that I've been thinking about so much myself recently is this idea of, I think you called it the expert's curse. And uh, yeah, just how we all have these things that we're best at, that we we downplay or discount the value because they're easy for us. And that's been actually a a really resonates with me recently because that's just been kind of part of my, my journey these days and kind of understanding some of these things that, you know, for me, I always thought, I mean, I didn't think much of it because I thought it was easy. So like, you know, I've always loved, you know, quarterly planning. And like the way that I think about business is always like, I'm naturally not that organized. And so the way that I organize is just like, you know, a very 80-20 and about like the one thing. And so I always always look at like you know oh we can do this we can do that we can do that but like the way that I anchor myself is by seeing okay well like what's what's the lead domino what's the one thing to focus on you know today this week this month this quarter or you know the top one two three five whatever and like yeah like I mean that's what I've always done with my own businesses that's what I've done with businesses that I've um, invested in or partnered with and like you know I don't know it's 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 easy and it's fun I love it <laughs> but you know, have been, I mean, that's just one example of things that I've realized as I've gone on and had more conversations of how so many people struggle with that. I mean, in the same way that I think I, you know, previously had struggled with it until I developed this, you know, mental model around just like identifying the lead domino and, you know, focusing on that. And uh, yeah, there's like so much value in embracing and recognizing, you know, what your, your talents are in, if it's easy for you, that's, you know that's fine and it's something that you know I think people hear of but they don't you know they don't really fully embrace it and so for for anyone listening encourage you to embrace you know embrace whatever that is that that even if it's easy for you that doesn't mean that it's it's not valuable it actually just means that you're you're really good at it and And yeah, and then wanted to to chat more about your your idea of this alchemy network, which also I I I love. And I mean, you know, from being a member of uh, JVMM, which again, for uh, I mean, has been it's great. And I mean that that group, I love that group because as a member, as a customer, I know there's far, you know, there's a lot of positive ROI in there for for me personally. And and just like with a network of uh, like-minded and similar industry people that are looking to collaborate and, you know, do JVs. And whether that's me promoting their products, them promoting my products. I mean, you know, and, and of course, I mean, it's a it's a high quality group. It's curated, like you said. And so, yeah, it's a great group of people. And like, you know, either one way or the other, like one good promotion, if you know, connection that leads to a collaboration, you know, either me promoting them, they promoting me, like, is, can, you know, far exceed, you know, initial investment. And so, I'm a believer in it. and, and yeah, I would love for you to kind of walk through a couple of things. I mean, you you mentioned that it's, you know, it's not a Facebook group. you know, it's different than than you know some kind of some other communities. And so so I guess yeah, well, you know, one would be you know, you mentioned a couple different types, which I mean, I think was great. You don't need to like, Dive too much into those. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. But maybe like you know, how does one start, and then you know what makes it different than a Facebook group?
0: A lot of people I see get stuck on this thought of, uh, well, why would people want to join my network? There's so many options available, so many Facebook groups, and and there's a few different answers to that. But I, you know, first of all, people do belong to multiple networks, multiple groups, and just because they're part of something, else, yeah, that's right. Some you probably pay more for, and some are free. Am I right? So you need to recognize that the real value that you're creating is in curation and conversation. It's the fact that you're curating who's actually in the network and then you're making it easy for these great people to have conversations with each other. I take a very light touch to running the group. I don't, I don't try to control anything other than who gets in and who stays in. I lead. I provide framework and structure and continuity and consistency. Absolutely. A framework I think I said that right but but I don't try to control you know I once had somebody say to me dove if you introduce me to other people in jvM and they promote me and you know I'll, I'll pay you a commission on whatever it is and I said I if I promote you I'm happy to earn a commission but if I introduce you to people in jvM and they promote you I, I don't need to be in the middle because I'm, I'm I see that as you know people say don't leave money on the table we all leave money on the table always leave money on the table the question is how much money and which table, right? Mm. And what do you and what are you getting in exchange for the money you left on the table? Because you're getting something for it. So I, I always felt that if I try to insert myself into deals between people in my network, it's just it's just gonna create undermine so much of of the goodwill, right? I'd be trying to control something that I really shouldn't be trying to control and never did that. And I'm very happy with it. I have no regrets about that. So I think that taking a light touch is really good because when you bring good people together, good things happen, as long as they're talking and getting to know each other. So that's the real, fundamentally, that's the real value. In terms of curation, about a month or so ago, somebody introduced me to somebody who was probably worth about hundred million, $100 million. And- I say that because about going back, you know, maybe 12, 15 years. Apparently, he sold his company, a tech startup, for about 330 million dollars. I figure he probably had some investors, uh, so let's say he ended up with maybe somewhere, you know, maybe 50 million dollars, and he invested it. Maybe he got back to 100 million dollars, right? You know, I, I don't know. You have more experience selling selling uh, companies than I do, so. But let's just say for for a good story, he was worth 100 million dollars. And you know, recently he started getting into the you know mentoring space, and he'd heard about what we're doing and wanted to join the JVMM. And we're talking, and we have a modest annual fee, you know, one to two thousand dollars. And he was he just gone, and got his credit card. We had a really great conversation, and he was about to sign up, and and then he said, "So, would you will you promote me to your list?" And I wasn't thinking about it really anything. I, I said I said probably. I was thinking that in ninety seconds, I had my next meeting about to join my my Zoom room, right? So. We had to finish and move on. And then he like he suddenly pulled back. He said, probably, why not? Yes. And we really ran out of time there. I, I said, well, I, I would just need to see what it is. And probably. I mean, if it's quality and if it's a good fit for my audience. He's like, whoa, 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 wait. Anyway, by email, he responded to explaining that, hey, look, if you're not, you know, I've been screwed over many times, you know, you should be trying to demonstrate the value of, your, of what you're doing, right? I mean, if you're if you're not willing to commit that you would promote me to your list, then how do I know what's going to happen afterwards? And I responded, first of all, I realized that he did not get the value of what we were doing. So I'm really glad that came out initially because it's better start not to start to begin with. I said, look, the reason I'm not willing to say that I'll promote you is because that's not what I'm selling. I'm not selling a promise to promote you. I am simply all all I have is I curate a group and I lead it. And it's a group of precisely the kinds of people that I described to you. If you Feel drawn to join the group. If we both feel it's a fit, great. If not, don't do it. Because what it is is that you suddenly find yourself in a network of x number of people. Then you got to build relationships with them and find ways of collaborating and supporting each other. I'm not going to agree to 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 do something just to get you in when that's really not what it's all about. So either you feel this is for you, either you get the concept or not. And if not, that's fine. If yes, we need to talk again because I need you know we, we can't start off like this. And and that was the end of it. And I'm not going to, I don't care who it is. I'm not going to take in the wrong person. And I think that you see, you know, you're you on the inside. You see the results of that. You see how important the curation is. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody in there really should be there. There are people who kind of slip through. That I probably wouldn't take in a second time. But as long as they're not causing problems, and if they value being there and they're contributing in some way, I'm not going to throw them out. It's just not who I am.
1: So I'm most familiar with JVMM. And, and you know, that's, you know, I think what, what you've been kind of sharing more about. But I know you mentioned you have another, you know, similar type of community. Can, can you talk about what what is similar, but also different about those two? Because I understand, like, you know, your role with the the network is different and the kind of the community. And so, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. just curious to hear more about the similarities and differences.
0: Interesting question. So the similarities we have a, a, a clear idea of who the ideal member is, and we have a simple core, a big idea that unifies everybody. And the second network is for consultants who are good at what they do. Generally, they're, almost all of them are making at least $100,000 a year or more in, with consulting. There are a few exceptions who, for whatever good reasons, and, and they all get most of their business through referrals or relationships. And they're all looking to figure out, how do I leverage this? Because it's very time consuming and unpredictable. And most of them are starting their own alchemy networks. Some of them are working with me. They're kind of working, you know, I'm consulting with them or guiding them through it. And most of them are just taking some of my training and, and using that and, and then really learning from each other as they go along. And for me, you know, ask me questions and so on, but it's not a coaching program. It's not a, you know, a, a consulting program. It's more about, you know, a highly curated network of people who have a lot to learn from each other. They're on a similar path and I'm bringing together precisely the kinds of people that, that they would like to be, you know, to really get to know.
1: So how does the discussions, you know, differ? And so for the, the not JVMM, like, are you, I mean, it sounds like it's a group that's, you know, in a similar place where they are in their career and they're all, you know, looking to to grow and, you know, figure out referrals better as you know, one you know one way that they're growing their business. I'm sure it's not only mm-hmm. specifically referrals, but I know that can be pretty powerful. And so, like, w- what's the chatter like? Are you leading discussions? Are other people just sharing tips and tricks?
0: I prompt discussions. You know, earlier in the JVMM, there was a need for me to really stimulate more conversations than there is now. It was a smaller group, and you know, people weren't as you know, as established in there. Now I almost never have to start anything. I mean, there's some vibrant conversations going on all the time. In the other network, I still do, start conversations. And, and the way that works is, and by the way, this is all email listserv based, like Google group type thing. That's how I, That's how we run this in case people are wondering. It's a combination of that plus you know video Zoom calls and one-on-one calls that people have with each other. But And I really do encourage them to get on individual calls and get to know each other. We have a few people in the end of the radio news network who are starting a network together. Because they have complementary skill sets and overlapping marketplace. And they decided that it makes sense for us to do this together. I cautioned them, you know, I think that they have to be like with any type of partnership, you got to be very smart and have a lot of foresight and where this is headed and why are we doing this? Are we doing this for the right reasons? But they listened, they talked it through, and, and it seems like they they made a good decision. Hopefully they did. So, but I'm looking for people to get to know each other for opportunities for introductions to each other, for sharing what they're stuck on and like anything related to growing as a consultant. So if it has to do with their approach to proposals, if it has to do with how they charge, like how are they packaging what they do? So for example, a consultant, a lot of consultants will charge nice fees, but what they're doing is they're essentially becoming a part-time employee for a client for a period of time. That's not necessarily the highest leverage way of packaging your expertise, right? A consultant could be, you know, just like another part-time employee who's uh, bringing their brain and hands to a certain degree, or you could be more of the architect where you're helping the client design the vision of uh, the plans of where they're headed. And then you bring certain skills and processes and you kind of bring that into their, to teach that to their people and their people are responsible for, for doing most of the work, not you. That Mm -hmm. takes less of your time. It's more valuable for the client ultimately. And you can charge more for that. So one guy says, well, how, I don't even know how to start. How do you do that? right? Because everybody's coming into this conversation, which is an ongoing conversation with their own experience and their own perspective. And it doesn't matter that that person I'm talking about has had, you know, 30, 25, 30 years of experience as a sales director in some major companies because he's only had his experience, right? But other people are doing something like that and we can help guide him. So that's an example. I also talk, I have these, you know, brief one-on-one calls with people from time to time. I hear what's going on, and then I, I also can extrapolate. Well, if you know, if Nate is, is uh, dealing with X and Y right now, I bet there are other people dealing with X and Y. I'll use that to start a conversation about X and Y. You know, So I, I would say that in the JVMM, I position myself more as a colleague. And in my Under the Rail Leaders Network, I position myself more as an authority. And that's simply because the JVMM is more colleagues and Under <laughs> the Rail Leaders Network is more my potential yeah. clients. And it makes sense. Some sure. of them are past clients, some are current clients, some are potential future clients, some will never be clients. And that's totally fine as well, right? Because uh-huh. as long as they're bringing something to the conversation and taking something from it. Mm. So really the conversation is, it, it varies. It, it's a it, It's across really anything having to do with really taking that expertise that you've spent so many years developing and leveraging it, turning it into a you know a business that you could enjoy, make a great income, doing great work with great clients, and and then have some freedom to enjoy it too. I'm convinced that most people are not looking for the you know multi-million dollar seven seven figures and scaling model. I think that most people who have a valuable skill, they're really just looking to do mid, mid six figures and have a life, have some time to travel with their families, to spend time with their families, to do things. The more you're growing, it, it doesn't become easier, right? I mean, some things do, but some things become harder, right? And not everybody's mm. interested in managing teams and employees. And so on. I'm not personally. So maybe I just really relate mm. to that that market. But-
1: sure. Yeah, some, some really good stuff and, and have some more questions. I want to chat about the Alchemy Network in general. But, but one thing that I think, I mean, I hear you and I totally agree that people, you know, it's not just growth and money for, you know, growth and money's sake. It's not just, you know, scale as big as you can go. But I, I would push back or question the idea that, you know, if it's bigger or scaling, that is going to mean more anything for you, work, stress or like, and, and yeah, and that's, I mean. Is-
0: Push back because you have a different experience that I need to learn from probably. Yeah. yeah, but I person. have my own limited, you know, I have sure. my own limited experience, my yeah. biases, and, and I probably should do a little more of what you could you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, conversations like this are great. Yeah. But yeah, totally. And you know, the way that I think about it, and, and in my experience, I think that it, 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 you know, it all just matters about you know how you architect your own business. So you talked about as a consultant coming in, and I actually really like that, and the distinction between like a part-time employee and like you know a higher-level strategic architect in terms of like a you know consultant or coach or whatever. And uh, and yeah, you know, kind of in this in, in in a in a similar way. Like I think it's as entrepreneurs, we have the opportunity to architect and build our, our our business. I like to think of it actually as as like it's an actual like vehicle, right? That you're you know driving, and you can you can build that. You know, there's unlimited ways of how you can approach that and and you know and build that vehicle. And you know, you can build that in a way that you don't do anything. And it's just, you know, driving on, you know, driving itself and in everything there's, you know, pluses and minuses, you know, if you oftentimes, if you have more team and infrastructure, that's like doing everything for you, that's gonna, you know, the benefit is going to be your, you know, time, you know, mental energy, Mm -hmm. but that's also going to cost more because you have more, you know, I see this frequently with, with people that have like, you know, they have a successful business and they're, you know, they're making good income, And they're not doing everything themselves. You know, they they have a team. But a a lot of times I see it with people. There's a lot of like, I I notice resistance to hiring like operations managers, like general managers, like, you know, number twos, which in my Mm -hmm. experience is like maybe the most valuable key to unlock, like not having to do the stuff you don't want to do in your business. Like, you know, I will happily pay a general manager or operations manager to like run the majority of the business what it frees up mentally and you know time wise for me is is worth it and like you know a lot of times like it's they're not I could play that role, and a lot of times, I it, you know the trade off is like, all right, do do I want to keep their salary and I have to do more, or do I want to give it to someone else and I do less? And just you know, one example of how the bigger picture you know point is just that I think businesses can be built in you know, there's any unlimited of ways to build them, and and you can build it in a way that as it scales isn't going to be more stress or or work on your end. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm saying that it's possible and you certainly can, but, but yeah, so, but, but one to to talk more about the, yeah, some of the, so I love this concept of the alchemy network and I love it because I think it's widely applicable. You know, you've been talking a lot about, you know, how you're using it with, you know, a peer network and coaches, consultants, and with clients, but I'm even thinking, you know, e-commerce businesses as well. It could be a, a network of, you know, potential, you know, wholesale accounts or you know, wholesale vendors or resellers that you could get into, you know, that you could get into a into a, a community or you know, software businesses. Same thing, like kind of identifying. I mean, I think there's always, you know, whether you're in software, consulting, e-commerce, there's always mm-hmm. going to be a like. You know, a, a lead indicator type of person or relationship that is gonna, you know, lead to more opportunity. And it also could be for your actual customers, but like you also can go, you know, for every business, you can go one step above. And so targeting like the, you know, e-commerce distributors, for example, in there, they can distribute it to your through their network or you know, mm. they'll reach the ultimate ultimately reach the, the end user you're trying to get to, or, you know, coaches, consultants, it's, it's people that you could have joint ventures with to access their audience or yeah. I mean, I mean, any of these, there's always like someone who has access to or the audience that you're trying to target. And so, you know, building a, a network of them is, I mean, yeah, I see a lot of like, you know, value as well as it's not restrictive to one kind of business model. Uh, and so one kind of some, some questions on that would be like, what are some mistakes that either you've made or you see people make? when they are building their own
0: alchemy networks I, I think the biggest mistake that people make is getting stuck you know they're not seeing a vision of why people will join their network and so they don't start you know that's that's what I see like I talk to people because some people reach out to me they want to know what it's all about and if it might be a good idea for them I think looking back over the last few months of various conversations with the different people probably two main reasons why people don't go ahead is because they think oh I don't have time for this and number two is they don't they never really wrap their head around like what why would people join? What's this about? And I've got answers for both of those. It doesn't mean it's going to be, you know, it doesn't mean everyone else is going to, they're all going to really hear what I'm saying or see what I'm saying. But those who do are, you know, we're going to do well. Time. I've heard that from people who also in the same breath tell me that they're talking to six to eight people a day. So they've got plenty of leads in what they're doing. They're having great conversations. When I said, you don't have to do very much more than that. You're talking to six to eight people a day, however they're getting to you. 20 to 25% are probably good members for an Alchemy network, probably potential customers or clients in the future. And I bet that if you're talking to all those people, there's a really good chance that a lot of them are falling through the cracks, probably some of the better better qualified ones too. So you would be saving time. The remarkable thing is that if you're building a network like this, it's not, I don't think the JVM takes more, I, I don't, it probably, I'm not exaggerating, running it probably takes me less than two hours a month. Now I do spend time talking to people who are in the network and potential members, but I should be doing that anyway, right? I mean, that's what leads to collaborations, to cross promotions, to, you know, to whatever it might be that we're doing that grows the business. So, but actually running the thing, I have an assistant who does some of it and I do some of it, but... I don't think of the relationship building as part of it because that's something you could ramp up, you know, up and down based on what your other issues are, other priorities. So that's number one. It really, when you approach it properly, it does not take much extra time. There's a little bit at the beginning where you want to create certain things, but it does not require a lot of extra time. Number two, and I remember hearing an idea, I forgot who it was, is, but I got my one idea that I think is really worthwhile. And that the point is that we need to invest a little bit of time up front in the things that are going to save us time down the line. And I'm sure that fits beautifully with everything you believe, right? You know, like to say, I don't have time. It's kind of short sighted. The second thing is why would people, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Why would people want to join my network? And the answer is people will join a network where they can see that they're going to have a chance to have conversations with precisely the kinds of people that they want to be talking to because we all need to learn something. If I want to get to that proverbial next level, you want to get to that next level. There are things that we need to learn. The mistake that most of us make is that we think that what we need to learn is I need more information. I must not know enough. So we go out looking for another book, another course, another training to add to our information data bank in our heads and on our hard drives. Right. But while all that's valuable and we do need to continue to learn and you know, how, whatever we, we, we always need to learn new things. But what really will make the difference is if I have a deeper understanding of the things I already know, what's really stopping me from that ne- next level, what's really stopping you from that next level is that you don't fully understand things that you already know. And in order to more deeply understand what you need to understand, you need, number one, you've got to be out there implementing it before you fully understand it. And number two, you've got to be able to go back and have conversations about what you've done and what the results were with mentors and with colleagues. And and that is a big part of the huge value that you're creating in your network. And you say, well, they, they're they already part of all these Facebook groups, already part of... True. But like you said, we have, I have members in JVM who are part of uh, Joe Polish's 25K group right they're paying him a lot more than they're paying me but interestingly i've heard from a couple of them that what we're doing well, i probably shouldn't say this cuz it's public now i said who is in some ways more valuable right i'm sure it's very valuable right i don't or mean to take d- a, d-
1: differently valuable
0: it's differently valuable exactly right so and and that's just true that's just a fact now something that i noticed Before I even started the JVMM, going back 10 plus years, when I said that I'd started, I joined a number of different online communities. What I noticed was every single one was different. And it was different because it was influenced by the the leader. And it was kind of remarkable. But many years later, when I started helping other clients do this, and I came to realize that they were all different. And that's really, there are people who are looking to join the network that you would create. You may not really see it 100% yet. You may not get it 100% yet. But if you kind of sense in your gut that there's probably some truth to that, I'm happy to help you, right? Just As you start it. taking steps in that direction. Just do it. Yeah. You got to start taking steps in that direction and and you'll start to see that some people will will surprise you in a positive way mm-hmm. and they're going to move forward. Yeah. And. Uh- and you'll start to realize that there are people who wanted to join your network. They just didn't know it existed. And of course, it, it didn't exist. So, but they didn't know they wanted it. You didn't know they wanted it. But now that you're creating it, it's precisely what they're looking for.
1: Yeah, I love that. And uh, yeah, I think uh, in the interest of time, that's a good place to, to wrap up. But uh, just to echo again, I think a really important point is that, you know, you don't know until you try. And uh, I, I forgot exactly the, the words that used, but I thought you. We're very, it was, yes, said it well about like th- there's people there that will surprise you in the positive way, but you need to give them an opportunity to do that by taking the first step. Man, this has been a super fun chat. You got me personally thinking a lot about different alchemy network ideas, and uh, and, and and yeah, so for for anyone listening that uh, is interested in connecting with you more, you know, joining any of your alchemy networks or working with you, what is how, how do they get in contact?
0: Well, I put up a little Free training at ProfitableRelationships.com forward slash Nate, N-A-T-E, in your honor. If people want to go learn a little bit more about, about it in some aspects we haven't covered. So ProfitableRelationships.com forward slash Nate. You can email me Dove, D-O-V, at ProfitableRelationships.com. If I can help, be happy to. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for coming on. This has been the Ecom Exits Podcast with Nate Ginsberg. If you're enjoying the Ecom Exits Podcast, show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help other smart entrepreneurs find us. We appreciate your support. We have a new episode
0: every week on the Ecom Exits Podcast. So, catch you next time.